Well, let me pray. Father, we stop before you. We thank you for what you're doing already. And we're asking you that you'll bless this time in Jesus' name. You know, I have this incredible privilege, obviously, of going to different countries. And we're, um, when we're leaving here uh, on the 14th of March, I'll be in uh, Bulgaria uh, doing a conference there with our pastors. And then I'm going up to Poland. Uh, first time in Poland, but we're meeting with um, uh, quite a few churches there. And we're bringing them into a relationship as well. We've got uh, work in uh, Ukraine, uh, different parts of uh, Europe. Uh, in May, I will be in Kenya doing a big crusade and also um, doing a pastor's conference, then back up into London doing a conference, then home again, then uh, somewhere else we're going, but then we're going back out into Europe somewhere later on in the year. But anyway, they're all the things that we're doing, but when you, f when you get the opportunity to step into the worlds of people's lives, just on a one-to-one -one basis or, you know, thousands of people or just a handful of people, makes really no difference. But what makes a difference is not really the message. It's whether you're carrying heaven. Whether you're actually imparting more than what's in this little coconut. So that the activating power of heaven will come. That was, that's what makes a difference. And I've seen that regardless of, um, regardless of country, uh, of poverty, of how much money people have got, whatever, it really, that is not the deal. The deal is Jesus. And for us here in Cairns, in Australia, we've got to come into this place where we expect something to happen. Where, where really and truly God will visit us. We have seen the deaf. We have seen uh, people that have been uh, paralyzed, healed in the last week. Uh, all sorts of, you know, regardless of how dramatic it is or how small it is, it's, it's amazing. It really is amazing. But one factor makes a big difference, and that is to find, the, for, to find God and to find the answer in, in, in that unity of heaven so that heaven can speak to us. We have become so good at being Christians and, and we're all good people. It's a, it, you know, in the sense we all, we love God. We, we, we're going to heaven. Uh, we're not, you know, unbelievers. But we can be unbelieving, believing Christians. Because when God really turns up and does things that we can't do, it is, it is really wonderful. And I really believe that in the midst of Australia right now, there is a, an incredible darkness. There's an incredible, you know, we're going to run into some serious problems soon as Christian people. And we can't divide. Sometimes I, I'd like to because some people can get me, you know, upset or whatever. But we can't divide. We must understand that we are together. 
and that iron sharpens iron and that, you know, all the bits and pieces that make up you and make up me will actually help us to to become very confident and very assured that God is with us. Because it's about integrity. It's not just about this gift. It really is about integrity. And we have to grow into that. I'm still growing. In, I'm 71 this last week, uh, sort of, because I'm a leap year. So I'm 17 and three quarters. So not, not doing too bad. But um, I'm 17 and three quarters. And um, I made a mistake this early on in the service, but I've been married 48 years. Yes. Bless you. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> I said 37 years going on 38, and she said, nah. You know. So that depressed me a bit for a minute. Realize how bad it was. I'm 48 years. Well, it's not bad we're 48 years, but I'm just, you know, the years are going on. So I'm 71. Okay. But godliness exalts a nation, and ungodliness destroys it. And in Australia right now, we are, there's, there's, there's some incredibly bad things happening in the circles of our governments and so on. And we have to be the people that challenge it by prayer. We must challenge it. Yesterday was the day of, of prayer for Australia. The Mardi Gras was on last night. Half a million people came to support the Mardi Gras. What about if half a million people gave up and stood in the streets of their cities? Thousands upon thousands of people say we are going to pray for this nation and we are going to believe God. It would be on the TV. In uh, Bulgaria, where we have lots of problems with the government because it's sort of very communistic thinking, they try to shut down evangelical work. Thousands upon thousands of Christians stood in below temperatures for hours preaching outside the government. handful done it they would put us in jail but thousands turned out in the freezing 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 cold and defied it and broke the chain if we all stood together around australia right now which we're not in that position to because we don't trust each other but if we were australia would bow its knee and god would come to Churches like he's never come to before. That you will feel the presence of God. You will tangibly see the power of God move. I pray for a lady some, some, in 2012, she had a goiter bigger than a football on the side of her neck. And I prayed and nothing to my eyes happened. When she walked out, she said, she came back to the meeting we were in she, two years later. She was bringing, uh, she moved away, but she found out we were there, so she came back to testify. But she said, when she moved out of that church, and she, it just shrunk to a normal neck. There's a guy that was, there was, a, listen, I, 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 don't worry about clapping, but just want to energize you. There was a man that I went into a village that was really, well, he was dying. And to cut a long story short, I prayed for him, but I didn't see anything. And we were supposed to catch up with him on this trip, but we couldn't make, we didn't connect. But he is well. 
God, when, when God puts you in places that he, you know you should be in that place, God will actually perform what he wants to perform through you. God wants to use you, church. And in this midst of Australia right now, the church is in a, almost a survival mode. It's, it's in a place where the music's great, uh, the, the word of God is really great, but people are sick in heart. People are independent. People are sad. And when they go out on a Monday, the unbelieving world becomes too strong for them. But we must come together again. And I want to encourage you to come and start to experience prayer again. And even though there may be a ceiling and you feel like it's hard work, this type of shout that's on this here, if you went for another three hours, which is, you, you know, you may not be able to sustain that. But in some of the meetings Pat and I go to where there's four hours or more happening, when we come onto the stage, it's not us, believe me. It is the presence of God. And that presence of God is everything. And that presence of God uh, is, it, it damages darkness. You see, this magnitude of power, you, you have to understand, there's a, there's a magnitude. It's, 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 bigger than, it's bigger than just switching the light. It's a magnitude of power, that same power that raised Christ from the dead. It is the same power that created all things. It is bigger than me. And when that power comes, he uses a human mouth to release people and you sit there and you think goodness Lord I have preached and asked him to forgive me of my sins at the same time without anybody knowing because the subconscious you know where you are and who he is and it's his holiness it's his power and we, and we can think that we can get away with it but we are really weak and not strong. You see, if the Holy Spirit was drawn from Australia, most churches could keep going without even knowing it. But in the early church, the New Testament church, 95% of what they did, as you read it, where they were moved upon by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit directed them into places. And because they were obedient to follow what the Holy Spirit was doing, there was the activation of heaven that came. And God done something. General Booth, before he died, he prophesied. And he's the leader of the Salvation Army. And uh, he prophesied these words. He said, there's going to become a, a danger in the place, in this century the, where we live right now. He said, the danger will confront many are young people, and it will dominate people's lives and thinking. He said there will be religion without the Holy Spirit. He said there will be forgiveness without repentance. He said there will be conversion without the new birth. There'll be Christianity without Christ. Politics without God. Heaven without hell. But then there will come something 
within the remnants of people. Because you see, I think people like yourselves and like me have got this little burr in our backsides. We think we know there's something more. Is that true? Come on, we know. We, 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 we do our Bible studies. We, we, we do pray. But we know there's more. Is that true? We know, we know that uh, we're, we're believing that God can do what he wants to do. We know that we know that. And that's a good thing to be like that. And he says there's coming that place where there will be a remnant of people that will rise up again and shout again. There's something about a shout from your heart, not your head. It's not an emotional thing. We're not happy clappers. We want God. God comes in atmosphere, believe me. And he said there will become a mighty revival. You know what revival means? It means to revive which was dead. Revival doesn't come to something that's not dead. It was dead, but now it comes alive. That's what revival means. And he said that it, it will connect us in line with God. So that God can do what he always wants to do. And we know it. He wants to pour out his spirit. We know it. He wants to bless us. We know that. But we live underneath that and we're thinking, God, God, please. But we're in the wrong position. You see, Jesus walked in perfect unity with the Father. And we have to walk in that unity of hearing the Holy Spirit, because that's what Jesus said, I'm going to go away and I will give you one. He will speak to you. A prayer meeting, really, I prayed a lot of prayer meetings that are, you know, like we pray a lot, but we've got to hear God again. And when we hear God, if we become deliberate about it and actually, actually be obedient to what we hear, something happens. Because Jesus, he directs you not just to heaven, but he's directing you to someone He's called your heavenly father. If Steve was my father and he said, Alan, son, come here. I, I want you to do this. And I was obedient to what he told me to do. There would be an outcome of what he asked me to do. Our father wants you to come into the obedience of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said these words, I do nothing. Underline that and look at that word. Nothing. Absolutely nilch. Nothing. Unless I hear and see what my Father in heaven is telling me to do. Same as us. So when he tells us to go to, you know, India, or some of the places I'm going to now with my wife, uh, if we are obedient to it, it re regardless of what we would think should happen, God has it all in store. It's not for me to see maybe the blind eyes open or the deaf ears open or whatever. Just do it and be obedient and walk your way. We yesterday got a, um, an email from the pastors in India. The deaf. On and on and on and on and on it's going and they're still coming through of people that have been healed. We won't even remember who they, they look like. That's not the important thing. The important thing is that we do the work of the Holy Spirit. You see, 
you have received the power of the Holy Spirit. And when that power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will become a witness. Now, if you're a witness in a court, you have evidence. I have evidence of the working of God. We have, you, you can't go to a courtroom and have no evidence. I have evidence. The evidence is that I might not have seen it tangibly, but I've been obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I, and I am willing to believe that what I did for him, he will do and complete. That's the key. And so we can become stagnant people. But we've got to become river people. We become so stagnant and we're waiting for something that he's told you to do all what he's told you to do it. We think that we've got to get a Bible and stand on a street corner like I do. And uh, no, 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 you don't have to do that at all. You just got to love people. Uh, they see me loving people that are smelling of urine and holding them close to me. And they're squeezing hold of me and saying, is this guy going to help me or what? I am Jesus to them. I'm not just, I, you know, I'm not just squeezing a dirty old person that's stinking for nothing. I'm Jesus. I'm joint heirs. I'm, I'm with him. What would he do? He would do that. Would he throw the stone? No, he wouldn't. He, in fact, he lived in compassion. He never came down to that. Probably that woman had no clothes on. I don't know, but maybe she didn't have any clothes on. But you know what he did? He didn't go down to her level. He brought her up to his level. He said, follow me. He said, follow me. And so we need to respond to, to Jesus. And John 17 verse 21 is a powerful prayer. And I've seen this activated in different places of the world where people are in one place and with one voice and one sound. Jesus said these are my prayer for them or for you is that you will be one heart and one mind. That's pretty hard to do, especially if you're sitting behind someone you don't like. <laughs> You've got to like them. We're a family. And it's important that that person is sitting there because if that person is thrown out the way, you still haven't dealt with the issues. <laughs> it's just that they're out of sight and out of mind. Because as soon as people come into the, the limelight again, it's like, you know. But the truth is, is that when we deal with it, Jesus said, you know, where's your accusers? Come on, we've got none. Drop the stones. You know, for the sake of this nation, drop your stones. And he says that they will become one heart, one mind, just as you and I are, just as the Father is. Uh, we're one. When you see me, who do you see? Listen, I'm not arrogant. When you see me, I'm the same at home, here, or in the rubbish dump. You see me. And I'm demonstrating one thing and one thing only. I'm not demonstrating my theology. I'm not just not how smart I am. It, it, nothing. I'm de demonstrating the love of God that's shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. That's what. That's the game changer. 
That's the game changer. And then he goes on to say that when you do this, you fulfill God's commands and that they may see you. That's what they may see me. John 5, 19 says, I, I, I can't do anything. I, I'm solemnly telling you, he says, I can't do nothing. According to my own will. He goes past the gate, beautiful. There's a guy there who's a cripple. He doesn't even look at him. He doesn't acknowledge him. I mean, what a great testimony. You know, I saw Jesus. He just walked straight past me. Oh, thanks. He probably, he probably walked past about at least five times in his ministry. But there was a season where John and Peter walked past, and they said, such as I have given you, I'm not going to give you any money, but I'm going to give you this. In the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. They saw differently. And even those guys walked past him on their way to prayer and acknowledged, didn't acknowledge him. But then all of a sudden, when you acknowledge this thing, you, you, you're awakened to it. There's an awakening that comes to your heart. You, 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 you just, you see something and you just think, you feel, oh, that's God. Oh, that's all it takes. It's not like, you know, oh, Alan, I want to bless you right now and you're going to do this. No, it's, it's just that, oh, I, I have to do something. That's the moment you do it. That's the moment God's heart moves on your heart. That's the moment that you don't know what God's going to do, and it might not be instantly in front of your eyes, but if you do that, uh, and you follow through with that something inside you, I tell you, and you keep praying and thanking God that he stopped you, and you were the one that was, you know, he used as the instrument. I want to tell you, God will show you something. It is marvelous things. It's marvelous. It's incredible, in fact. It's beyond your imagination. He, he surprises you with incredible things all the time. But it's found in unity. It's found in Him being led by the Spirit of the Father and us being led by the Son of the Holy Spirit. You see, I believe our nation needs a chance to see what Jesus looks like in a church. Cairns needs the opportunity to see something that they've never seen before. I'll guarantee half your neighbours think, hey, there they go again. Where do they go on Sunday? They must be going, must be, some fancy coffee shop or where do they go? You know, but they sure enough, they're all dressed up again. They, they're off they go. They're looking behind the curtains going, here they go. Half past eight in the morning, they're gone. But you see, we've got to come into unity. Unity is not acceptance. That's the lowest form of unity. We can accept each other, and if anything doesn't work out, somebody else will accept you. That is not unity. And in our Aussie culture, we just say that's unity. We think that agreement is unity, and it's not an, uh, at all. I can agree that you've got a great gift, but I want to see what your character's like. I want to see if you will die with me. I want to see if you go into the, into the places we go when, when maybe the Hindus are against us and it, it's, not, it's, it's a bit tight and it's, something's going to happen and you're not too sure what's going to happen, uh, but it's a bit tight and you're preaching. Or when you're in Bulgaria, when people say that you're going to you know, be put in jail or, or you, know, you can't just take a, a little team to, to experience some 
you know, a miracle, which will happen. It's, it's more than that. You've got to have a unity so that God's with us. We've got to have a unity where God is here this morning. And God loves you this morning. God cares for you. God really, really, really loves you so much that he wants to just uh, shove you over a little bit so that he can do what he wants to do. He wants to pour out his spirit over your family, over your children. And, you know, the, maybe the children that are lost and going out and doing things that you want. Come on. It's, there's something about unity that commands blessing. You find that unity, you find God, and the atmosphere changes. It's like the Roman soldiers that when they went into battle, they were, they were protected. And, and it, we, it's ludicrous to think that, you know, just to jump on a plane and a uh, couple of old age pensioners and just go and do what we're doing without anybody, it's ludicrous, you'd, you'd fail. <laughs> They might see me on the platform, but I want to tell you, there's someone behind the platform <laughs> that, that talks to me very strongly sometimes. <laughs> and, you know, you need to hear. You need to hear. And uh, you've got a team with you, and you need to hear what they're saying. I mean, these guys came with me, but I realized, you know, just, just very quickly, their gifts were very powerful. And they could see things that I couldn't see. It make, doesn't make me not the, the captain of the ship, but it, you'd be stupid not to listen to them. You might be always sitting on one side of the ship and it'll turn upside down or something. You've got to work together in unity. And these Roman soldiers, they would protect themselves because they were linked together. And there are a lot of things I'm weak You know, I get this opportunity, I said this in the early morning service, to, to come and stand on the stage and, you know, get a clap and I thank you for that and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, whether it's uh, thousands and thousands of people and they think that if they could just touch me somehow, you know, their troubles would be over. But I'm trying to tell you it's not that way at all. I mean, if I come to live with you for a month, you might see all my weaknesses and say, man, I hope he's going for it. You might, <laughs> you just might say, good night, this guy, you know. And you think that I, I'm, I'm sitting so close that I'm perfect. Well, I am actually. My wife's not perfect, but I am perfect. Sometimes we think that about ourselves. And my wife is very good at telling me, don't tell that story one more time, love, you know, because they've heard it before. Psalm 85, verse 6 says, Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in, not a service, but in you? Show us your mercy, your loving kindness, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Salvation is just, it's not this little, you know, Jesus coming to me. You know, we, we say to people overseas, when did you believe? Eternity is important. I don't know how many Christians I've prayed for at their last breath, and they've said to me, um, I've been watching porn. I've been, I, I need to ask for forgiveness. And I've prayed for them for forgiveness, and they died. And they've lived with that stone in their hand for years. Eternity is important. Where will you spend eternity is important. And the people in your street 
and appealing your shopping sense. So sometimes it's not what you say, but it's who you are. It's actually just really more about who you are than what you say. Will you not revive us again? People who are in right standing with you. Let them not turn again to self-confidence. But the Bible says folly. Psalm 85 verse 12. Yes, the Lord will give what is good. And our land will yield its increase. Australia. Come on, Australia. We've come back to Australia and it's stagnant. We've got to stand up. We've got to become people of faith. Stand together. Psalm 133, verse 1. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like precious ointment poured on the head that ran down on the beard. Even the beard of Aaron, the first high priest, came down through his collar, through his skirt, through his garments. See, it's so important that we have that unity. That's where God commands blessing and mercy and grace. You see, there is a spirit of faith. There is a spirit of courage. But there's also a spirit of obedience. Faith is like none other. Faith breaks down the walls of Jericho. We were at the walls. Thanks, Rob. We were at the walls. It shuts the mouths of foxes. It sees the invisible and embraces the impossible. It's our faith. I was just starting a school in Bulgaria for the first time of history in the history of the Bulgarian children. They've, never, they've been stolen as, as sex slaves, and now we have a, 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 a school starting this month, a school. It's not very big, but it's a start, and it's going to be a feeding program and a school. They've not even seen a book. Children like 11-year-old girls made up with makeup, all ready to go. I was in one village, and this lady had 10 children. She couldn't find the number, number 10. Some man came in and just stole it. Happens frequently. I defy. I, I come against that. I, I will. I can't. I cannot live knowing that, and I can do something about it. I will not. And Pat sends me. Go, go, go. And I thought well, I don't want to go. You know, because you don't really want to go. Go. So years later, just find a little brick. Remember the little brick. Now we're saving children. Now we're saving villages. Pretty amazing. Hosea 10 verse 12 says, Sow for yourself according to righteousness. Reap up yourself mercy. Loving kindness. Break up the uncultivated ground. So it's time to seek the Lord. Inquire of him. What is it you want me to say? It can just be hi. Simple as that. You know, rain has been pouring here, but rain never falls. Do you know that? The clouds get so heavy that gravity pulls it down. 
And when your worship and your shout and your praise gets so out of the ordinary, so that just like David, your clothes come off in a sense of just, I don't care. I'm going to shout. I'm going to praise you. Gravity. And when he comes, makes a difference. Ephesians 2 verse 1, and you have been made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Again, King George, when, when the war was looked like England was going to go downhill and, you know, Dunkirk, the soldiers were obviously not going to last if something happened. You know, the day before, the English Channel was so bad was uncrossable, like normal. It was fierce. And King George, over the radio in England, he commanded people all over the country to stop and pray and go to a church. He said, even if you do not go to a church, would you come and pray? You can watch it on YouTube. Lines of people going into churches all over the nation. And as they bowed in unity, cried out to God because the king said without God we are done but let us humble ourselves and pray and as they had this as this nation prayed the wind ceased even rowboats went across to pick up their boys off the beach and thousands were saved who walked along the beach at Dunkirk where he was preaching in Psalm 20 miracle. Our church needs to come together. Our nation needs to come again and drop to our knees and say, God, I don't want to go another minute, another second without asking you. And right across this nation, if I've got a word for them, it's unify ourselves. Unity. We come off the, off the plane. I'm finished right now. But we come off the plane last time we came, the, 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 last year, and they were prote- the, the Christians were protesting in the city against the abortion law. We went there in the rain. We just come off the plane and went there. But there was very few people there. If every church would have got there, stood together what would happen if we can just change a little bit of our priorities and come to kneel and to seek God together God will take the stones and he'll bring us a new seat will do something that we can't do. Maybe you're here this morning and you're away from God now. God wants to come to you. He's knocked at the door of your heart and probably didn't knock in a long time, but if you can hear him, all you got to do is say, yes, he'll come. 
He doesn't come like this. He doesn't stroll up. He just goes, he's there. It's, it, and, and that, what happens is when he comes, it's like he just, he brings his light and he removes all of the darkness. All of it. And you're born again. Born of his spirit. Now I'm preaching powerfully tonight. I'm just sharing with you as a church today. Tonight, you're going to hear the preacher. You can bring people. Because keys are going to be unlocked tonight. Miracles, signs and wonders follow us as believers. Make room for God. Do something unusual. Bring somebody. Somebody says, I've got to get up at 5 o'clock to book. Yeah, so you've got all night. do it. Let's stand on our feet right now. You're here right now and you're saying, Jesus, I want you more than anything else. I want you to come and remove the darkness from me. If that's you right now, I'm going to pray a prayer. And when I pray this prayer, you just pray this prayer. That's all you got to do. But mean it deep in your heart. Sometimes you can walk with shame. Sometimes you can walk in unbelief. But you're here. Come on. Just close your eyes with me right now. Lord Jesus Christ. Say this with me, everybody. Lord Jesus Christ. I'm asking you right now to forgive me of all of my life. Everything that I've done wrong. And even the stones that I've brought into this new life, I'm asking you to take. Take them right now. Release me that I may live in your presence. In Jesus' name. When every head is bowed and every eye is closed, you've been carrying stuff and you felt the stone just being taken out of your hand. You've asked Jesus into your life and you're here this morning. Just, no one's looking, just put your hand up. Say, it's me. I've, I've given him my stones. I've given him my past. That's it. Just lift up your hand. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Anybody else, just lift them up high. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for people right now. Let them be released. Let them be released, oh God released from all of that. And he's saying, you now follow me.